Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And back for his weekly visit, our NFL and fantasy football expert, Andy Rio, who's covered fantasy for nearly 20 years. And it's great to see you, Andy. And unfortunately, got a little news Tuesday that Damian Pierce could miss up to three weeks with a high ankle sprain. Terrible news for Texans fans. Probably not great for fantasy implications either for those people that have Damian Pierce out there. No, not at all. And obviously, uh, with the fantasy playoffs starting this week, uh, you should already be making other plans uh, if you do have Damian Pierce. Uh, doesn't sound like it's going to be good for Week 17 either. Uh, at least some of the leagues that I'm in, I mean, Week 16 used to be the Super Bowl week. Uh, and like in those leagues, we expanded uh, our playoff structure to where six teams would make the playoffs. And the Super Bowl moved to week 17. So I guess there is a chance that uh, Pierce could be back for Super Bowl week in fantasy. But of course, if he's just coming off that injury, he still may be tough to trust. I would hang on to him on your roster if you can, especially if you can move him to an IR spot. But right now, yeah, it is uh, it is a bad situation for fantasy owners, and especially for the Texans, a team that doesn't have very many weapons to begin with. Yeah, it's depressing to say the least. And at this point, if you're a fantasy, you know, owner, you're you're not counting on any Texans receivers, I would hope. But Chris Moore and Amari Rogers came out of nowhere against the Cowboys, Andy. And for people not familiar with the Rogers story, it was a third round pick in 2021. The Packers, a team with wide receiver issues after the loss of Devontae Adams, gave up on him after just a season and a half. One of the reasons was because he had seven fumbles primarily as a punt returner. Andy, you'd think any potential good wide receiver could excel with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm wondering if his issues fumbling punts blew up his confidence. Maybe a change of scenery helps. I don't know. What what were your thoughts on the Packers giving up on Rodgers that quickly? Well, like you said, I mean, he, he struggled in special teams, and, you know, the Packers obviously had other wide receivers they were higher on, uh, you know, like, you know, Romeo Dobbs, for example, obviously uh, Christian Watson, who's been absolutely sensational of late. Uh, and of course, they still have guys, you know, veterans like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. So even though they lost somebody like Adams, uh, to a degree, uh, Rodgers was part of a numbers game in Green Bay. Uh, you know, he certainly had his moments, as did Moore. Uh, part of that, of course, was that Nico Collins was out. So, uh, if Nico Collins comes back this week, I would still expect him to be the Texans' number one receiver and potentially worth a flyer in a game where I'm sure the Texans are going to have to chase points against Kansas City. Uh, if not, I would say Moore is probably a little bit better flyer than Rodgers, uh, but I think a lot of the uh, places where those guys should be in lineups are probably uh, at daily fantasy sites. Uh, I I would have a real hard time counting on either one of those guys uh, here in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. All right, let's get to the Chiefs game because I want to get your thoughts on this. When the Texans' mostly inept offense gets worse, worse of course, without Damian Pierce, they also released Eno Benjamin, re-signed Jared Dokes, who was on the roster uh, earlier this year, the practice squad, not the regular roster, we're down to a backfield of Dari Ogunbowale, Rex Burkhead, and Jared Dokes. It's amazing the Chiefs are only favored by 14, but I guess, Andy, we scared Vegas after last week. Last week, I mean, 
it can't be our vaunted home field advantage, right? <laughs> no, and with the Chiefs having gotten a scare from Denver last week and with the Texans coming so close but yet so far away, I, I can't see this game being close. I think the, the Chiefs will cover that 14-point spread, uh, especially uh, with the backfield maybe being led again by Rex Burkhead. Outside of Kelsey, Juju, and Mahomes, do any other Kansas City players merit a fantasy look? Well, absolutely, uh, the running backs do. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is a rookie. He's been very impressive of late. And veteran Jarek McKinnon had a huge game against the Broncos. They have really formed a nice one-two punch for the Chiefs. And given the putrid state of the Texans' defense, both guys should be in lineups this week. Uh, beyond that, uh, there's some talk Nicole Hartman could be back. Uh, they do have uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Kadarius Toney, uh, who may be back this week as well. I, I think it would be no more than desperation flyers on those three guys. Uh, Hartman would be the best guy to play, but I think it's going to be pretty concentrated this week among the usual suspects for Kansas City. Uh, and I think all of them are probably going to do well in this matchup. Yeah, I don't know if I want to say much more about it. So let's just remind everybody to subscribe, comment, and like us on YouTube. It's the best way to support the show. Make sure to catch our live Texans Chiefs postgame show with my co-sports radio 610, Sean Bajani. Hopefully it's as exciting as it was this past week with uh, the Cowboys game. And, you know, we'll have stuff to talk about, I'm sure. And we're we're also kind of, if you don't listen to us on a regular basis, I mean, we're just not talking about the game. We're talking about big picture. We are always talking about big picture with the Texans. So let's uh, go, Andy, to the marquee matchup, starting with the Dolphins at the Bills. The Dolphins beat them at home back in September, 21 to 19. Just a reminder for everybody that forgot about that. Any major changes with where these two teams are? How do you see this one? Well, Miami has been struggling of late. Uh, I mean, Tua definitely had some accuracy issues Sunday night in the loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. And this is a Saturday night game, uh, and it is going to be at Orchard Park, and there could be some snow is what people are saying. So that's obviously not a good sign for Miami at all because they were supposedly using heaters on the sideline in Los Angeles at 55 degrees, which uh, this time of year you don't see 55 degrees very often in Buffalo. So uh, I, I would expect the Bills are going to get even for that earlier loss. Uh, Tyreek Hill's a little bit gimpy for Miami. So is Jeff Wilson Jr. at running back. Uh, so Raheem Mostert uh, would be worth a start if Jeff Wilson can't go. But uh, this could be a rougher night for Tua, uh, which in hindsight would mean a rougher night for Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. I mean, I would suspect Miami is still going to put up some points. I don't expect Buffalo to completely shut them down, but it may not be a ceiling week uh, for the Dolphins' offense. Uh, Stephon Diggs was actually slowed by uh, the Jets this past week, so I would expect him to rebound. Uh, we really didn't see as much of James Cook as we thought we were, were going to see, so Devin Singletary still looks like a decent play in the backfield. Uh, the peripheral cast for Buffalo has been struggling late. Not as much from the likes of Gabe Davis. Dawson Knox did manage a touchdown this past week against New York, but he has had an offseason. Uh, they just brought Cole Beasley back, and previously they brought back John Brown. So, uh, you know, a lot of uh, moving parts there behind Diggs, but uh, I certainly think that uh, Allen and Diggs will thrive as usual, especially 
given that Buffalo should have the weather edge. All right, let's go to the Lions, who have won five of their last six. They're at the Jets, and if they pull this off, oh, my goodness, are they a playoff team? What What's going on? Well, this is definitely a big game in the wild card race for both teams, uh, respective to their relative conferences. And it's really kind of a fascinating matchup in many ways because the Lions have been doing so good offensively. Uh, Jamison Williams, the touted rookie from Alabama, got his first touchdown. They've been getting good play from DJ Chark. Of course, Amon Ross St. Brown is great. Uh, Three-headed backfield, generally headed by Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, but Justin Jackson snuck in a touchdown uh, last week. I mean, clearly the Lions have been doing well. Jared Goff seems to be cementing himself uh, as their quarterback, at least for the immediate future. And, you know, there, there are times certainly Goff has been criticized, but if he's got a good supporting cast around him, uh, he's certainly an acceptable quarterback, uh, both in fantasy and reality. But this is certainly going to be potentially a tough week for him traveling to New York to take on that tough Jets defense. Uh, Donovan Bam Knight continues to look great for the Jets. Detroit has gotten better, but their defense is certainly not the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. So I would start guys like Donovan Knight and, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson uh, with confidence this week, the usual suspects. It's definitely an interesting game. I kind of like the Jets a little bit at home in this one. It's interesting because the Lions were one of those teams you would think would have been after a quarterback this draft just a few weeks ago and with the, with the Texans in that boat. But, you know, this is all changing with golf all of a sudden playing well, the offense and everything that they're doing good right now. And, you know, now you think if you're the Lions, let's do it another year. This is not a good quarterback draft. It's kind of interesting because – it sort of changes the whole perspective, I think, on where the direction this team's going just within the last month. Well, and they have a high draft pick, too, because they own the Rams pick right. uh, from the Matthew Stafford trade. So Detroit is in a good position. They can certainly maybe beef up their defense a little bit more with that pick, or they could trade down to a quarterback needy team and have the potential to stock up even more. So I think regardless of how the stretch goes this year, the future is looking very bright in Detroit. And, yeah, they do have a shot at sneaking into the playoffs. But they definitely need to win this one to keep those hopes alive. Yeah, and there's other teams that we're going to get to that can beat each other up and are going to help the Lions in getting there potentially. So the, the next game, the 49ers, they've won six in a row. They put 35 last week uh, up with their third-string quarterback. What are you seeing with their matchup against the Seahawks this week? Well, I mean, they have a chance to go ahead and clinch the division and really damage Seattle's wild card hopes. Uh, the Seahawks absolutely have to have this game uh, on Thursday night. Uh, Brock Purdy, what a story. Uh, I mean, I think that's I mean, pretty much all that needs to be said at this point. I mean, he's been great so far. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant has become very relevant, and he would have had an even bigger day on Sunday if San Francisco hadn't jumped out to a 35 nothing lead. Uh, some bad news for San Francisco, though. They will be without Debo Samuel likely until uh, week 18 of the regular season. So uh, that, unlike Damian Pierce, who we discussed earlier, uh, Debo will probably not be available for the fantasy playoffs. But Christian McCaffrey will, and he is on a heater right now. Brandon Ayuk has been doing great, and without Debo, He's going to get even more looks, as will George Kittle. So I'd say definitely keep riding uh, with those core 49ers. As far as Seattle goes, 
Uh, they're really hoping to have Kenneth Walker back in the backfield this week. If not, I would certainly expect uh, a pass-heavy approach from Seattle and potentially good numbers again from Geno Smith and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, as good a numbers as you could potentially get against that awesome San Francisco defense. Yeah, McCaffrey, one of those rare NFL midseason trades that you see benefiting the team immediately and really helping them. I mean, you want to see more of this stuff because it's more exciting in the NFL with some of these midseason trades. All right, let's get to the Cowboys because, you know, the Texans did put a scare into them. Can the Jags do the same this week in Jacksonville? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Jacksonville had a very impressive performance, particularly Trevor Lawrence in their win over Tennessee. And although the hopes are still slim, Jacksonville is not out of the playoff chase. Uh, they do need to get Travis Etienne going again. He's had a couple of off weeks, uh, but their receiving core has been picking up the slack. Zay Jones, Evan Ingram had an absolutely tremendous game, especially given that he's playing the tight end position, and that's so tricky in fantasy football. Christian Kirk has come over and has had a very good season for Jacksonville. Uh, he didn't do as much against the Titans, but he certainly could rebound. I mean, I suspect they're going to have to put up some points to keep pace with the Cowboys. Uh, you know, as we saw, uh, you know, Dak Prescott was masterful uh, in the final minutes uh, of the win over the Texans when they absolutely had to have it. Uh, you know, your main ja main plays for Dallas, of course, continue to be Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Uh, maybe we'll see more from the Cowboys passing game because in a way, you know, you say that Jacksonville may need to pass to keep up with the Cowboys. The Cowboys might even need to pass to keep up with Jacksonville a little bit. It's not a great matchup for Trevor Lawrence, but, uh, you know, if, if you're in a situation where he's your best quarterback, go ahead and play him, even though the matchup isn't all that great. Yeah, it's hard for me to say any quarterback's masterful against the Texans defense in the fourth quarter, but that's just me watching the Texans for the last few weeks. Oh, he did have to he did have to deliver in the clutch. So he he got it done. And, you know, it is it was somewhat fluky that they even had to do that against the Texans, but kudos to Dak for pulling it off. Yeah, there's a lot of masterful quarterbacks in the fourth quarter against the Texans this year, unfortunately. So the the other team in the AFC South that uh is the really the favorite right now going into the last few games but they're struggling a little bit the titans have lost three straight they need to get it going they're at the chargers coming off a big win over the dolphins and they're fighting to get into the playoffs themselves the chargers how are you looking at this one well i think the titans are definitely this sounds very simplistic but it's very important that they get derrick henry going because the chargers have been so weak against the run uh on the other hand if i'm the chargers i would come out aggressive and try to get some points on the board to take ten Tennessee away from that strategy. Ryan Tannehill had a decent fantasy day this past week, and certainly uh, if they can get Traylon Burks back, he was in the concussion protocol. Um, otherwise, I would say Okonkwo, who's a young tight end for Tennessee, would be uh, their best fantasy receiver, but I think it's going to be the Derrick Henry show and, and looking ahead to Week 16 when the Texans play the Titans, it'll definitely be the Derrick Henry show. Uh, the Chargers look so different offensively with Mike Williams back in the lineup. I mean, they finally have Williams and Keenan Allen uh, and Herbert all together again. And Herbert only had one touchdown against Miami, but he had a lot of yardage. And combine them with Austin Eckler, uh, the Chargers match up pretty well with Tennessee because Tennessee's strength is defending the run. Uh, and, of course, Austin Eckler is a great running back, but he makes so many contributions as a receiver 
that uh, I think it's going to be a pretty big day for Herbert and those receivers and Eckler in the passing game. All right, the next game we're going to get to the Bengals. The Red Hot Bengals have won five in a row, and they're at the baffling Buccaneers. And for the Bucs, Andy, it's good to be in the AFC South, isn't it? Because <laughs> they are not that great. That's the only thing that's saving them. And just think that New Orleans and the Rams blew two late leads against Tampa Bay or things would look even worse for the Buccaneers. Part of me keeps thinking that Tampa Bay is going to wake up and right the ship. But at this point in the season, that may not happen. Um, Cincinnati has just been really good of late. They are going to be without Tyler Boyd this week, their third receiver. Uh, fantasy owners are hoping to see more from T. Higgins. Uh, that was uh, kind of a little bit of controversy that uh, he was supposed to play, but then he basically didn't play. Uh, Joe Mixon, Samaje Pirine, uh, both looking strong on the ground still for Cincinnati. Uh, definitely uh, hard to start Pirine, though, with Mixon back healthy. And, of course, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, what a duo. Uh, as far as Tampa Bay goes, I mean, continuing frustration there. Uh, Mike Evans and Tom Brady haven't seemed in sync. And when they finally were in sync, they had a long touchdown pass called back by penalty right now. Chris Godwin is one of the steadier Tampa Bay options. You could look at Rashad White and Leonard Fournette as flex plays in this one. Uh, but given how the season's gone, if you have another quarterback who has more potential than Tom Brady, sounds strange to sit the goat, but it might be best to sit the goat right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not crying any tears over the Tom Brady demise this year. Uh, let's close out with the Giants at the Commanders. These two are hanging on to the last two spots in the NFC playoffs. But Andy, this is a game where the loser can be in trouble. Both of them are going to be fighting for their lives, especially since they close with super tough schedules. Both of them do. Uh, what are you seeing with this Giants and Commanders game? Because it feels like this is this is go going a long way to who makes the playoffs. Yes, it very much uh, feels like a playoff game. And, of course, these two teams uh, back in Week 13 tied. And, of course, as we all know, ties can definitely uh, play a vital role in the playoff race, uh, either positively or negatively. Uh, right now, the Giants just seem to be reeling. I mean, it, it's one thing to lose to Philadelphia. It was another to be completely destroyed. Uh, teams have totally been shutting Saquon Barkley down. And while Daniel Jones over, overall has been better this season, they just don't have a ton of weapons in the passing game. And if Barkley is shut down, then it's real trouble for the Giants. Uh, Washington doesn't exactly have an explosive offense, but they do have uh, good fantasy contributors like uh, Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin. And uh, Taylor Heineke, he's not really been a fantasy asset, but uh, he just gets the job done. They've been winning with him. And, and I think the defense probably will carry Washington to another win here. They're at home. Not that they have the home field advantage that they used to have, but uh, they come off a bye week and just a little bit better momentum right now for the commanders. I, I don't know how much I've heard about the coach of the year candidates, but should Ron Rivera be? Among those guys, it feels like he squeezes as much out of this team as you can possibly squeeze out of it. Yeah, I definitely think Ron Rivera should be a coach of the year candidate. I mean, I, I, nobody thought Washington was going to be in the playoff race, let alone have a pretty good shot at qualifying for a wild card. And they're the only team to beat Philadelphia at this point. So uh, definitely he is worth uh, discussing 
in the, in the coach of the year race. A lot of it may very well come down to, you know, if they or Seattle is the wild card, because Pete Carroll certainly at the moment uh, is worthy of consideration for that. Yeah, and Dave Ball, both of these coaches, they've done a fantastic job this year. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely better than Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this the, is this the end of the line for him? Is he still, you still think he's out at the end of the year, right? Oh, I definitely think he's one done. Yeah. All right, Andy. Well, uh, if you want to ask Andy, any fantasy questions, anything NFL related, he's at Andy Rio on Twitter and Andy, I, I guess we're closing in on the end of this thing. Uh, we're going to do it again next week, but, uh, boy, it, it's, it's, it's big time for you fantasy fans right now. Uh, this is the time of year that, uh, it's all on the line, I guess, huh? Yes, it is. It's a very exciting time. I want to give advice to just fantasy owners in general. I mean, it's the playoffs that can kind of make you crazy a little bit. Uh, but, you know, play play the best possible matchups, play the best players you can, and don't overthink things. Sounds great, like great advice. Can't wait to do it again next week, Andy. Talk to you again soon. Sounds good. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.